Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Special technique of shadow boxing. Yo, 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 what's up, what's going on, what's good, this is the February 7th, 2021 episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show, I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source, you can catch boxing articles and more through theboxingsource.net, we are also on social media through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also catch discussions through YouTube as well, so you can follow the YouTube channel and get the latest um, through there. Number to dial in is 347-237-5539. That's 347-237-5539 if you want to get in on the boxing talk. Um, you really didn't have uh, that much action over, you know, the previous weekend, um, you know, outside of, you know, the uh, action through one of the uh, boxing sources alumni as uh, you did have uh, no doubt Trout in action yesterday. Austin Trout, former world champion in the super welterweight division. Uh, he was you know, over in Mexico as he took on Juan Armando Garcia and was able to get a, you know, decision through 10 rounds. So he had, you know, basically, you know, outpointed Juan Armando Garcia, who came in there with a record of uh, 21 wins, seven losses, and two draws. And he had Austin Trout there with the record of 32 wins, five losses, and one draw. And he was able to, you know, outbox and outpoint Juan uh, Garcia. You know what I mean? And we got that uh, basically three scores of 99 to 91 on the cards. And uh, he was, you know, pretty much around there in the, you know, one, it was a little bit above uh, 147 pounds. You know, he, like I said, he has been a former world champion at the 154-pound limit. Uh, in, you know, in his uh, conversations with us over the past year and a half or so, and he did say that he wanted to, you know, get down to 147 pounds. And so, you know, over the past couple of fights, he's been working his way down to 147, uh, but, you know, got a little bit short of that in his uh, previous bout against Rajbel Montoya. Uh, he was like around 149 pounds. And then uh, here with uh, his fight against Juan Armando Garcia, uh, he was a little bit north of 147, but you know, still was able to care business out there in 
Chihuahua, Mexico, and uh, you know he'll be right back at it. So I'm going to see you know how he's going to you know move uh, forward in the uh, rest of his uh, pro career. So you did have that with uh, you know Austin Trout. Um, know that there was like um, you know more uh, action. I think they had something. Yeah, they did have something over on Fight TV last night as well. Uh, you know that included you know uh, Rasheem, you know Rasheem Jefferson uh, there uh, from uh, Philadelphia. Uh, he was able to score a unanimous decision win in his bout as part of that card. Uh, but you also did have in the uh, main event, uh, no, uh, I guess. Um, you know, two undefeated uh, fighters there, one from New Haven uh, in William Foster the third, and uh, Donald Smith there. That was you know, pretty much around that 130-pound uh, division. Um, and Donald Smith uh, was uh, fell short in his bout against William Foster the uh, third there as it was a unanimous decision win for uh, William Foster there. So that that was um one thing for him. And um yeah, I think this was like one guy in uh Donald Smith uh that, you know, uh had like a little bit of talk. He was talking a little bit about, you know, trying to campaign in the featherweight division. Uh he, you know, like I said, he was there uh making it a little bit uh, above the one hundred uh, the 126-pound division uh, and had built a record of, uh, you know, 10-0 with uh, 60 KOs before this particular bout, uh, but they ended up falling short here against Oyeon Foster III. So, um, so that was mainly what happened out there. Like I said, you had action in Mexico with Austin Trout, and there was, like, you know, the card over in Philadelphia, the 2300 arena uh, there. So, uh, you had, like I said, um, Rasheem Jefferson in action, Donald Smith in action, Sharif Rotman, that's, uh, you know, from the Rotman family, uh, in there as well. Um, and you had, uh, someone, uh, in the uh, heavyweight division making their debut, uh, and Derek Starling, um, uh, going up against, uh, Jose Nunez, where it was a difference of, 55 pounds between Derek Sarlin and Jose Nunez, man. So that's, that's you know, that's crazy. They're 50-pound difference. You know, um, and that's nuts. So uh, that's pretty much all of, you know, what went down uh, last, you know, yesterday. So not much action. Like I said, it's been a little while since, you know, we've had, you know, some key bouts on uh tv and stuff like that but next week we got like a lot of action going down you have um your fight card uh, over in las vegas uh with joe smith jr going up against maxim blasov for the vacant wbo light heavyweight title uh you also have uh jojo diaz going up against Shabkat Rockamoff, I'm not saying this whole name, I'm not going to do that right here. Uh, but yeah, Jojo Diaz is, you know, going up against Rockamoff for the IVF 
super featherweight title. So, um, you know, that's, you know, one thing that we got, um, you know, having in this, in that particular uh, fight card, that is going to be in Indio, California. Uh, this also has uh, the super welterweight bout between Teixeira and Brian Carlos Casano for that WBO super welterweight title, which would be uh, pretty big there. Uh, Casano, uh, you know, had his close bout against Erislandi Lara uh, that ended up being a split draw in 2019, but uh, also defeated Wale Omotoso in that same year uh, to put him in position for this particular title shot, but he hasn't been active since uh, that fight in November 2019 going up against Patrick Shashira, the super welterweight champion, uh, pretty much has had um, the same amount of inactivity uh, as his last bout was in uh, late November 2019. Um, but that was, you know, where he's uh, coming in at. Um, but that's going to be a, uh, that should be a close little scrap between those two. Uh, you had Patrick Teixeira having his win over uh, Carlos Adames last year. And like I said, with uh, Casano's win over Wale Omotoso in the MGM National Harbor, that like set him up to get this world title shot. But with Jojo Diaz, like I said, Jojo Diaz, uh, there's an IBF champion, defeated Tevin Farmer to get that IBF title. Um, you know, I guess some folks kind of thought that Tevin Farmer would have been able to get a rematch, but uh, that was not the case. And so that's why you have Diaz going up against Shavkat Rakamov, uh, who is the top contender there in the IBF rankings. So, you know, Jojo Diaz was a former uh, world title contender in the featherweight division, short against Gary Russell Jr. Uh, then, you know, eventually moved up because uh, he had like one other fight that was supposed to be at featherweight. Uh, he didn't quite make weight. So uh, he ended up moving up to the 130-pound limit and eventually got that world title shot against, um, you know, against Tevin Farmer, I think. And that was over in the Miami area where he was able to get that unanimous decision win. And so this is his first defense of that IBF title. So that is going to be a you know, little scrap there to see where uh, Joseph Diaz is. But I'm going to you know keep my eye out on that to share versus Castaño. That should be a good little scrap. But um, I'm leaning towards Castaño, actually, uh, given that, you know, he's had those bouts against Erislandi Lara, Wale Omatoso, uh, among others. And that I, I think that should be, you know, enough for him to, you know, go ahead and uh, pull out that victory. But like I said, in the uh, other car that's going to be in Las Vegas uh, there at MGM Grand, uh, you're going to have Joe Smith Jr. Uh, going up against Maxim Vlasov for the vacant WBO light heavyweight title. That title was vacated by... Canelo Alvarez, after Canelo Alvarez did beat, um, you know, he beat Kovalev for that belt, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, after, you know, beating Kovalev for that belt, it didn't take him that long for him to, you know, vacate that title up there. And like I said, go go back down to super middleweight now that you see that he has WBC and WBA uh, super middleweight championships. So, 
You also will have uh, Richard Comey, former IBF lightweight champion Richard Comey, going up against Jackson Marinez in this uh, fight card. That should be the co-feature bout. Uh, Jackson Marinez, of course, had that close decision loss uh, to Roley Romero, where a good number of people thought that Marinez uh, got the better of Romero in that particular bout. Uh, but Marinez ended up falling short, and they gave him his first loss of his professional career. But now uh, he's going up against a former world champion there in Richard Comey. And, uh, you know, with that, it's um, – I-, I feel like that's going to be a good little scrap, too, that it's going to you know, see where uh, both of those, you know, both of those uh, fighters will be at in the in the particular lightweight division, you know. Um and thing about it is is that um we gotta see like where where these guys are in this particular point of you know their careers. Um, you know, like I said with um first thing with um with that former champ Richard Comey, like I said he had that loss against uh, Teofimo Lopez over in the Madison Square Garden. And like I said, with Jack Mourinho's, uh there going up against Roley Romero. So, uh, you know, Roley Romero is the interim WBA champion uh, over at Lightweight. So you have that. Um, you're going to have uh, Jared Anderson against Kingsley Abe in the heavyweight division. Jared Anderson from the uh, Ohio area we've had. Um, his trainer, Coach Jerry Riley, on this show a couple of times. Uh, we should be, you know, hearing from Jared Anderson, uh, I think, tomorrow. Or they should have, like, a conference call for this particular fight card. So you're going to have uh, Jared Anderson, uh, who's, you know, training over in Houston now. I think he's moved over to Houston uh, from what his trainer, his main trainer, was talking about. Uh, so he's, you know, training over in Houston at this particular point. Uh, going up against Kingsley Abey, who has a record of five wins, one loss, and one draw, you know. So um, so you got that. And then uh, you'll have also as part of the card, Adam Lopez against Jason Sanchez will be uh, in this. But, you know, going back to the main event, Joe Smith Jr. going up against Maxim Vlasov. Um, you know, Joe Smith Jr., had like fell short once before in going after a world title at light heavyweight going up against Dmitry Baval. Um and that was like back in twenty nineteen, but he's followed up with wins over Jesse Hart and a knockout win over former world champion Elidor Alvarez to get himself in position to uh fight for this world title against Maxim Vlasov. And Vlasov, a very experienced fighter there. Uh, 45 wins, three losses uh, there with uh, 26 wins by knockout. Uh, Has wins over uh, Isaac Chalamba and uh, Manuel Marte, but he had been over in cruiserweight uh, for the majority of his career and had a loss against uh, Chris Ofgawaki at cruiserweight or, you know, going down to light heavyweight, having a string of three wins uh, there. 
to put himself in this position to, you know, fight for the vacant uh, world title uh, there for the WBO. So uh, you do have that. Um, and I think that's going to, you know, that's pretty much uh, most of the action that's going down uh, here in the U.S., but uh, you also have overseas. Um, you got, I'm going to say it, the former IBF, the former IBF featherweight champion, Josh Warrington, uh, going up against Mauricio Lara over in Wembley. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, um, you know, he had that, he had that IBF title. He could have, you know, basically could have unified, um, didn't want to unify or basically couldn't unify, uh, had the thing where he could have fought, uh, Kanzu, who was the WBA, uh, champion. But the thing about the WBA champion is he's not the WBA super champion. They still have it as Leo Santa Cruz as the WBA super champion there at Featherweight, even though Leo Santa Cruz, you know, had the had the uh, fight over at Super Featherweight against um, Gavante Davis. And so, you know, with that being said, you know, um, now he he's, you know, supposed to have that uh, mandatory defense, which would have been, you know, against the guy that he has faced already, Kid Galahad. And you know, he didn't have that, and he didn't go forward with it, so the IBF stripped him. And now you're going to have Josh Warrington there against Mauricio Lara in the 10-round bout over in Wembley Arena. And that's, I mean, that's going to be on him. Because like I said, I've said this a while ago, like he's had the title, IBF title for a while now, and he never you know, went ahead and went forward with the unification against Gary Russell. And then you're going to say that you send an offer to Gary Russell and it's only $1 million when he gets 1.5, 1.6 in you know, regular title defenses. So how are you going to go out there and try to, you know, offer $1 million? You know, y'all should, y'all could have done better than that. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. And him being stripped, we'll, we'll see what happens for uh, Josh Warrington if he's going to try to go after another world title at featherweight. But he, he won't be, uh, you know, trying to see if he could get in there against, um, you know, Gary Jr. And, you know, he can't have that fight against Ken Zhu. Uh, so maybe he could, you know, try to fight a, uh, the WBO champion uh, who moved up from Super Bantamweight. Uh, there, you know, um, you know, in um, Emmanuel Navarrete. So I, he says, like, he still wants to go after world titles in the featherweight division. But like I said, I think the only option that he has is against Emmanuel Navarrete. So that's kind of, uh, you know, what we got here. So that's what I'm, so that's the thing on, on that one. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I really, uh, who else did they have, you know, going on this particular uh, 
fight card is um let's see you had Warrington versus Laura and oh man Zelpa Barrett versus Kiko Martinez and you know a lot of a lot of these other fights aren't you know necessarily um you know real really uh you know up there as far as like the um the particular divisions that they're in so uh, that's a, that's basically what you have there in this card over at Wembley. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, do have, you know, next, what is it, that following weekend uh, will be the WBC Super Featherweight title fight between Miguel Burchelt and Oscar Valdez. Uh, so we will be, you know, looking at that uh, here in, in the in the near future with that particular fight card. It's going to be a big fight uh, there in the super featherweight division. You'll also have the WBO title on the line on the 27th as Jamel Herring will be going up against Carl Frampton. And you do have Canelo Alvarez against Avni Yodorum on the 27th as well. So that's the thing that we're you know going to uh, consider uh, talking about in the following uh, podcast, so you know, be sure to you know look for that and check that out uh, there. Um, and that's that's kind of a uh, you know most of the stuff that's uh, been going on uh, here in 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 the boxing world outside of the uh, you know outside of the uh, talk that has been going on back and forth. Um, you know, between uh, Deontay Wilder, former champ, and his former trainer, Mark Breeden. Um, so, of course, we know about the whole shenanigans back and forth that's been going on with Deontay Wilder ever since his loss to Tyson Fury last February. And one of the things that did happen is for the um, trainer, for, uh, former trainer now, in Mark Breland, uh, he's now being released. He was released by uh, Deontay Wilder in the scene. Uh, of course, you know, Breland is the one that ended up throwing the towel uh, to stop the bout last February in the seventh round. Uh, and, you know, it's basically been, you know, a whole bunch of stuff uh, going on ever since. Uh, we didn't really hear that much from Deontay Wilder since that loss. Um, a lot of stuff kind of like came out during that time period uh, saying that, oh, well, he had issues with the uniform. I could say, I mean, I really heard it from him. But, you know, you also, you know, were talking about, I guess, uh, that he had, you know, an injury in his arm, to his arm during the fight. And, you know, that's also, you know, been discussed. But the biggest story that, you know, carried over was, you know, with uh, Deontay Wilder talking about uh, his issues that he had, you know, over the course of the fight and, you know, like you said, a uh, crab in the bucket referee 
and a disloyal trainer. <laughs> Once again, he said a crab in the bucket referee and a disloyal trainer. Let me see if I, uh, you know, let, I'll see if we can play this here. This may be uh, it uh, right here for him. So let me see. The Bible tells us that silence is gold. But my ears can still hear and my eyes can still see. The Bible also tells us to be swift to hear and slow to speak. You see, what you don't understand, thief, what you did is what my people deal with all the time. Someone cheating them from providing their greatness into the world. But it's a burden that we cut off only to make us stronger. I saw in the first fight where Ricky Haddon was pulling down your gloves to put your fist in an improper position. Y'all tried the same method the second time, but this time you scratched flesh out of my ears, which caused my ears to bleed. It's impossible for a brand new 10-ounce glove to bend, to keep a smushed-in form, or to have loose space. I highly believe you put something hard in your glove, something the size and the shape of an egg weight. Here's the reason why the side of my face swelled up in an egg weight form. And it left the dent in my face as well. <laughs> but in the midst of it all, you still couldn't keep this king down. You would have had to kill me. In the end, it took a crab in a bucket referee and a disloyal trainer to throw the towel in just to stop me. <laughs> Proverbs the six, chapter 30, 31 says, Excuses may be found from a thief who steals because he is starving. But if he is caught, he will have to pay back seven times what he stole, even if he had to sell everything in his house and pay back his coin. <laughs> I'm sorry, yo. Hey, yo, every time I listen to that little clip, yeah, I... I, I Yo, I kind of laugh a little bit because, like I said, he, he's talking about a crab and a bucket referee and a disloyal trainer. Now, if you say he's like a disloyal trainer, and this is the thing, a lot of people, you know, talk about with um, with Mark Breland, someone who is experienced as he is. Uh, someone that, you know, like I said, is part of one of the probably the best Olympic team U.S. boxing has ever produced um, with, you know, a whole bunch of fighters getting gold medals, a couple of silver medals, I think one bronze medal. And he was able to become a world champion uh, in, in professional ranks. But, you know, nothing was really much said about J.D.S. or J.D.'s, as I say. Um and this is uh this is my thing is um if you as a uh, experienced fighter or pro fighter if you feel like you you've had issues like this whole time with this with this trainer uh like he said in this particular and yesterday uh when he was uh talking about what Mark Brilliant said the day before um then why, you know, do you keep? Why, why did you keep him on the team? You can make changes 
if you don't feel like you're developing as a fighter with your trainer or trainers, because you have two, then you drop them both. But he only dropped one, and he dropped Mark Breland. Now, on the side of Mark Breland, though, Mark Breland is a quiet, you know, pretty much a quiet guy. So uh, with him, you weren't really going to hear much out of him. And we really didn't hear that much out of him. You know, it wasn't until, you know, recently that we actually, you know, saw him, you know, on camera, you know, um, you know, talking with somebody in reference to Deontay Wilder. And for me, that that's kind of, you know, that's kind of weird that, you know, he would, you know, kind of say what he says on the outlet that he did. And I'm being straight up with it. Like, of all the people that you, you know, um, go to, you don't go to a, uh, you don't go to a uh, particular party that could be affiliated with the directly, and I'm saying like, in a way directly affiliated with the opponent that your former fighter went up against. Like, of course, you you had like, who is it, the trainer, or their Sugar Hill steward on, uh, like a certain outlet, but that particular outlet is not like, like say directly affiliated with, you know, Premier Boxing Champions or Hamlin Boxing or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so why would you go to someone that, you know, in a way is affiliated with MTK Global? That's weird. That's questionable. Um, that's something that, you know, I am kind of bothered about in, in a sense. And so that's why, you know, you had that immediate response by Deontay Wilder uh, pretty much the next day. Uh, so kind of, uh, you know, questionable to me. And I, I don't know, like, we're, like you know, what else will, you know, basically come out of this pretty much on both sides. Because, you know, you did have um, at one point immediately after the fight last February that once, they, once the initial rumors kind of went out that – Mark Breland may have been out of the Wilder camp that it could have been a possibility that, you know, Tyson Fury could, you know, add him onto the team and kind of like brought that up as a uh, potential uh, question, you know, months ago, I brought it up months ago that they could be the case. You know what I mean? Um, So that was like one thing that, that was, uh, you know, up in the air, man, is that once you had all of those questions buzzing about with Wilder letting go of Breland initially, before it was even official, then then you had those questions of, hey, maybe, uh, you know, Tyson Fury would probably add uh, Mark Breland to the camp. Like, he's had two uh, different trainers, you know, before his fights against Deontay Wilder, you know. Uh, he had, you know, the thing there with Ben Davison in the first fight, you know, who I call uh, Chris Jericho. And then he had Sugar Hill Stewart, you know, before 
this particular fight. You know what I mean? So, um, so maybe you could have like a third, yo, know, third trainer go out there, man. Um, yo, know, once this third fight, if this third fight does happen, you know. So, I I just feel like, yo, know, this is kind of a questionable situation, in that. I feel like Deontay Wilder needs to be in the ring ASAP because if he says, you know, all this stuff about, okay, like he, he's, he held on to Mark Breland. He, you know, gave him this, he gave him that. Uh, he, he like pulled out the olive branch uh, towards Mark Breland and or that type of thing. Then, okay. Now you just have JDS. Or if you're going to add somebody else, and you add somebody else. But once your fight is kind of like official, once that fight is announced, then you need to see, like, okay, have you, you know, been able to do something here? It's been, it's been about going up to a year exactly uh, since you had that fight with Tyson Fury. So how are you going to, you know, show yourself and develop, show that you've developed as a fighter? Um, that you've added elements to your game, to your fight game, and that type of thing. But if you haven't, you know, if you haven't done that, then hey, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else to tell them. You know, um, but you know, at this particular point, with you know, with uh, your know, Wilder man, it, it seems like there's a lot of you know, there's been a lot of talk. Coming from both sides, I need to see where you know he is at this particular point, you know, in in this uh, in his career, you know. Um, so so there's that, you know. Um, so that's pretty much like the gist of that particular, you know, uh, topic. You know, we'll probably hear more about it over the course of the week, you know. And you know, with that being said, I, I would I would like to see if there's going to be a response from Mark Breland, and where that response is going to come from. Is it going to come from, you know, the uh, was it Tunde Ajayi and and Spencer Furin, or is it going to come from another outlet? Or someplace else, you know. That's the thing that I'm trying to find out is how that is going to, you know, shape up over the next, you know, few days or so. You know what I mean? So uh, that's you know, one thing I'm kind of like looking at uh, when it comes to you know that particular instance, man. Um, also, um, it would seem like uh, we had. You know, I guess it was during that fight card over at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. We got comments from, you know, um, Jerron Boots Enos. You know, uh, Enos uh, had the uh, fight that was supposed to happen. Um, you know, him and Chris Van Heerden, it was supposed to be for the IBF, or not the IBF, but the IBO welterweight title, uh, but a clash of heads. In the first round, at the end of the first round, pretty much nixed that bout. Ended up being a no contest, 
and that is why um, now they tried to put uh, Boots Enos in a position for another fight, and it looks like he will be facing Sergey Lipinets, a former uh, champion at 140, uh, that's moved up to you know 147, and. That's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting bout uh, once that uh, once that materializes if it materializes because um, I mean you had like initial reports out there uh, you know Sergey Lepinets was told that he was fighting Jerron uh, Boussinas and this was like during him in, in in his gym and he's like oh um, okay um, yes I'm fighting Jerron Ennis <laughs> like it was. Like it was brand new news to him, like 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 there was no uh I guess no negotiation uh beforehand or whatnot. But yo, I, I just feel like hey, um that should be a you know, good little um battle as long as it goes. Um but that's gonna be something I think that, you know, people kinda feel like John Ennis is going to, you know, show out in, in that particular bout. Um, you know, was talked about during that card, the 2300 arena, when they were talking to him, that you know, a lot of people feel like he's the next guy in the welterweight division, that he could be the next superstar in the welterweight division, um, that they're, you know, putting him up against guys that have, you know, good experience and things like that. See how it goes against those fighters. Uh, before, you know, going up against, you know, the likes of maybe a former world champion in Sean Porter or Keith Thurman or someone like the likes of your Dennis or the, the other uh, champions out there in Errol Spence and, you know, uh, Terrence Crawford. So, but so until then, um, we're going to see, you know, how that's going to uh, pan out for Jerron Boost Ennis uh, out there. But, you know, pretty much uh, that kind of like goes through uh, what we have in the boxing world. Uh, like I said, there really wasn't uh, that much uh, big news going on. Um, and that's the thing about it. Um, and so, you know, this pretty much, uh, you know, that covers most of what we what we have over the course of the week, man. Um, you know, just wanted to get it in real quick um, during this uh, Super Bowl weekend and whatnot. And just wanted to, um, co- you know, cover most of all the stuff that's going on. So I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, back at it uh, during the week and leading up to those bouts that are going to be happening on uh, February 13th. Um, and like I said, uh, we will have some content uh, reference to the uh, conference call tomorrow for that top rank card headlined by uh, Joe Smith Jr. versus uh, Maxim Vlasov. So uh, we will have that. Um, so just wanted to get it in here within a quick uh, 40 minutes or so. And that's what we got. Um, we will be, like I said, we will be right back at it February 14th uh, to talk about those uh, talk about those bouts. But outside of that, really, um, we'll 
kind of get get back to you as far as like what else is out there in the boxing world over the course of the week. So be sure to uh, follow us through social media and reference that. And like I said, we'll have the uh, new um, podcast February 14th. Like I say, at the end of each show, point of boxing is hit and I can hit. Not the same trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. <laughs>